Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. Regardless of whether or not we have a speaker, regardless of war in the Middle East or war in Ukraine, regardless of the southern border, my goodness, regardless of Taylor and Travis, this economy still makes no sense. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. The phone number, 833-468-8669-833. Got Tony. Retail sales up 0.7%. The estimate was 0.3%. If you exclude autos, sales were up 0.6%. The forecast was 0.2%. What does it mean? Well, what I think it means is that this economy isn't slowing down, but this economy isn't good. So does that mean interest rates go up? That's where I start to lose my mind. Dr. Matt Will joins us, economist at the University of Indianapolis. And I, I, I reach out to you because this number says to me that everything being done to try and cool the economy down isn't working. But if sales are up, that means that people are buying and isn't that a good thing? Break it down for me. Well, first of all, I got to tell you, I'm surprised that the economists out there, the classical economists are surprised by this. This is completely predictable. I got to tell you, there's no surprise to me in this as a financial economist. Let me tell you why. First of all, this number is not adjusted for inflation. So you're looking at a number and when you compare it to the inflation rate, we learned last week that inflation is hot. And so if inflation is hot, this number is going to be hot. So that's completely consistent. In fact, year over year, this number is 3.8%. Inflation is 3.7%. So I see nothing inconsistent with what this information is providing to us. So that's one. And, and let, me, let me jump into the second. We've talked about this before, you and I. People are still pen, spending their savings. They're not out of pandemic-era savings yet. And that is what's happening. Over half of well, nearly half, 49% of families have less or no savings than they did last year. So we're still digging into our savings to keep up with inflation. So this should be no surprise to anyone. Let's go back to that first part. These numbers, 0.7 uh, uh, for the month, is not adjusted for inflation. Define what that means. That means that this is one of those reports where they just report the actual number. So it is with inflation built in. So if you have inflation, let's say at half a percent, and this number were at 0.4, this number lost ground. So this is one of those numbers that is not adjusted for inflation coming out of the Department of Commerce. So if you had mentioned 3.8 and 3.7, which would mean sales aren't up overall? They're, they're adjusted for inflation year over year. This month, yes, but year over year, they're the same. What does that then tell you as a financial economist? That this is not that this is nothing to brag about. Yes, the consumer is spending money. That is true. But they're barely keeping up with inflation and they're spending their savings. This is nothing to write home to grandma about 
Don't get excited about it, people. So they're not spending money because they want to. They're spending money because they have to. And but you brought exactly. up exactly. But you brought up something else there. You're telling me that even now, at the end of 2023, October of 2023, people are still going through COVID savings. Yes, we are not through it yet. The department, uh, I forget the government agency that released the information just earlier this month, said that we are not yet through all the government money that was handed out because people didn't have anything to buy. So they just stockpiled this cash and they've been spending their savings at a very alarming rate, so much so that one third of all Americans have more credit card debt than cash on hand. So they're spending their savings, they're putting it on the credit card. Not a rosy scenario. Is this why, talking to Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis, is this why when we were talking about the, the, the futures right before the market opened, I'll get to, to where the numbers are later, uh, when you look at the futures, they went down. They, they, were, they were in the, in, the, in the negatives when this information came out. The, the market looks at this and says, yeah, there's, there's, things are not, this is more proof that things are not great here? Yes, this is exactly what I started off our conversation by saying. The classical economists are saying one thing. We financial economists see it completely different. We know better. We know that people are spending savings. We know that this is not an inflation number, adjusted number. Not impressed, people. Not impressed. Uh, let me move you over to a more geopolitical front. You have the continued uh, action and, and war in Ukraine, where Russia continues to try and make advances, and Ukraine continues to hold the line. This is very much a trench warfare situation at this stage of the game. And then, of course, you have the terrorist attack on Israel by Hamas. You have the response by Israel to try and root out Hamas in, in Gaza. Uh, this this is now two fronts of let's call it world war even though we don't mean it like that i just don't have a better word for it right now but but go with me two fronts that the world is paying close attention to is this a moment for the market to say oh this is going to create issue because this is going to create more spending because this is going to create more inflation or is this one of those moments of war is great for the economy and could get us really uh, get get us going in a good direction why is it possible that it can't be both? Because I believe actually both are likely to occur. I need you to get a little more uh, extemporaneous, if you will. <laughs> both. Well, yes, it, it's possible that the government will spend money because of the two wars and to, to, to restockpile us for the next war, maybe with uh, China in Taiwan. And so that is causing, that will cause inflation. The military industrial complex, hey, my dad's a retired military person. I'm a fan of the military. But the industrial complex wants the government spending. They want you to buy their weapons. And so that can juice the economy just like it did in World War II. So you can have a juiced economy and also have inflation. You can have a juiced economy where things are moving and also have inflation where things cost more, and this is rational? Oh, okay. It makes sense. It's possible, but it's illogical in this world that we live in because we don't want the government controlling the economy like that. That's not what we want. 
you and I have said this before, and I've said it many times. We don't want to look to Washington every day. We want the Wall Street Journal to simply report on what's happening in business. I mean, how many people know J&J had an incredibly good earnings season? We don't know because the terrorists are attacking Israel. We don't know that there's earnings uh, hits on Goldman Sachs that was well above expectations because we're too busy looking at geopolitical uh, situations. This is a problem that we're looking in the wrong place for the economy. Well, I'm taking a look now at the 10-year Treasury note, that benchmark by which we set uh, the 30-year fixed mortgage. And the minute this information came out about the spending report, it popped uh, going yeah. uh, 4.8 uh, in, into the 4.8. I, it didn't hit 4.85 Well, at the, at the first, but it immediately jumped into the 4.8. And I got to assume that the 5% 10-year Treasury note is not far behind. Yes, yes. Tony, you and I have been talking about this. This is exactly what's happening. This is no surprise. The market is reacting like I'm reacting. They're, they're not talking to you because they're too busy trading. But we know that inflation is here. We saw it because it's in this unadjusted number, which tells us there's probably inflation driving it. We see the government's going to be spending a lot of money, so there's more anticipated inflation. And the 10-year Treasury reacted, and the market futures were down. This is totally consistent. Why these theoretical economists in the ivory tower are clueless? Well, because they're clueless. Now, you talk about uh, Johnson & Johnson having good earnings. LinkedIn, owned by Microsoft, just laid off 700 people. So, again, we get these remarkably conflicting messages here. Uh, about about where we're at and, and where we're going. The idea that, oh, yeah, it's a war on two fronts. It's good and it's bad. Who knows? I mean, that's, that is no way to run an economy, sir. Yes. And the government, I guess I can get away with saying this, and the government is screwing it up. They're the ones that are sticking their nose in the economy and messing it up. If it weren't for them, things would probably be going very well. They get to cut their spending they need to get their regulation under control. We need to be energy independent. There's so many things the government can do to just get their nose out from underneath the tent. Let's talk energy independence real quick, because we have discussed the amount of energy oil leases and gas leases that this administration has cut un- under Joe Biden. It was a day one activity when he became president. But as we read the reporting we're in the middle of an oil boom. We're putting out more energy than ever before uh, in, in terms of what we already have. So which one is it? Okay, it, it, there's not a conflict there. You can have increased supply, which we do, because the economy is constantly growing. The population is constantly expanding. You must have increasing energy production because you have increased demand. It's not inconsistent to say we have more energy than we did three months ago or six months ago or two years ago. But if it weren't for the Biden policy, that number would be dramatically higher and we'd be producing more than we're using because that's the real equation, not how much we're producing. We're actually using a lot more than we produced. That wasn't the case three years ago. It seems to me that bourbon is in order. That's, (laughs) That's my take. There's no following this. There's no making sense. How in the world is somebody investing in this nonsense? That's that's a good question. And can you believe it? We're the last place in the world to invest because all the other places in the world, the government has already messed things up. And so investors run to the U.S. and now the U.S. is getting messed up. I talked about this in 2015 with the Greek situation. 
It's a contagion that will spread to the U.S. eventually if we don't stop it. We haven't stopped it. It's here. And we're the last stalwart. There's nowhere else to go. No one else to bail us out. Dr. Matt Will, he's a little ray of sunshine. Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis. I appreciate you being with us. More to get to. I'm Tony Katz, and this is Tony Katz Today.